Every year, right before we would actually leave, I would take the most updated roster of everybody that was traveling, and I would take it to Audrey and Marie. They just lived a couple blocks away from the church here, and I would give it to them because I knew that Audra and, and Marie were prayer warriors, like Allison said, and they prayed. And so I, that guaranteed me that everybody that I was traveling with was prayed for several times a day. And if you've ever been on a youth uh, summer mission trip, you need that prayer, okay? Uh, so, but here we are, and also, uh, I want to say uh, something else, too. I, I didn't think that at first, but as Allison was speaking and I was looking out at you guys, y'all look really good today, by the way, uh, but I thought, I was like, man, it is so good to see so many people in church that haven't been here in a while, and it's good to see folks back, but I realized it's me that hasn't been here in a while. <laughs> well, it's not you guys, okay? It's me. Uh, but here I am, and so me and Elsie are four weeks, a little bit over four weeks past our surgery, and we are getting a little bit better each day, uh, and I'm, but I'm still not really allowed to do much. Andy's not here this morning, uh, but Andy DeLong, who I, I've known Andy since he was a little boy, and I love Andy, uh, but for an hour and a half each day, I hate Andy DeLong uh, because he is my physical therapist, uh, but And so he's still not allowing me to do much. I did graduate and don't have a cane anymore, but I'm still not allowed to do much. But over the last 30 days, uh, one thing I have done a whole lot of is sit in my living room with my leg propped up on ice and watching TV. I have watched a lot of TV over the last month. And one part, because you can really only watch so much television, right? Uh, but one thing I have done is something that I decided several years ago, five, six, seven years ago, that I was going to quit doing and that is watching the news uh, because, as you know, if you watch the news very long, it's horrible. It's all bad news. Uh, it is not good. It is if, as if the world is uh, in a giant airplane and it's crashing and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Uh, the news is always horrible. Now, they do have good news sections of the news, but it's always the last 30 seconds before they go off the air and they'll give you a little feel-good story, right? I've watched a lot of news. Now, most of the news that I watch is foreign news. Uh, we stream our television, so I watch uh, France 24 and Euro News, and I even watch Al Jazeera, uh, you know, just to see, to, to see what's going on in the world around me. And by the way, I know a lot about Europe right now, if anybody has questions, because um, that's a lot of the news. But it's still news, and there is good news, and there is bad news, and it's mostly bad. Now, with that said... We're in week three of our stories in Genesis, and I, I'll share with you. 30 years ago, this would probably not have been, even 20 years ago, when God saved me and I joined this church, uh, this probably wouldn't have been a series that you would have heard because everybody knew the stories in Genesis, right? The, the beginnings, the beginning stories. Uh, but in the world that we live in today, that's not the case. There are a lot of folks that have no idea who Adam and Eve were, who Cain and Abel were, who Noah was, uh, uh, and on and on and on. Moses, they, they don't know these stories. A lot of folks that don't know these stories. And so I'm thankful that God laid on Pastor Chuck's heart, and he shared with me that that's what we're going to do, and we have a few more weeks of that left. But looking back, what we've done so far, this is week three, we've covered the creation story, which was mainly uh, Adam and Eve, and then last week, their boys, Cain and Abel, was the story, and I can't help but think, because I have watched a lot of news over the last month, that how these stories would be reported as news events. So if you're watching the news, and this is what is going on, so we have the news. 
And the news is, live out of the garden comes our first report. God Almighty takes nothing and creates our universe. He makes the heavens and the earth, and then he creates every living thing that lives on, under, or above the earth. He creates everything. And reporters state that God said all of these things were good. That actually comes out of Scripture, right? All these things were good. After this work, God creates um, his prize in creation. Uh, he creates the first man and woman, male and female. He created them. Every living thing he created, and then he created male and female. And reports say that God had placed them into the Garden of Eden, and things were spectacular. We really can't imagine that. Earth was exactly like God had intended it to be. Spectacular. Perfect, even. That's the way it was. But then, in a bad twist of events, the man and woman, identified only as Adam and Eve, um, broke the one rule. They, uh, they, they were tricked by the serpent, Satan himself, and disobeyed the one rule, the only rule that God had given them, uh, not to break. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and had sinned against God. There were consequences both placed on Mr. Adam and his wife. Uh, a tougher life was going to be ahead for them than what they had known. But even through these consequences, reporters still say that they had seen the grace and mercy from God extended towards the couple, okay? They had to relocate from their home. Uh, they had to move to a new place, but they were spared the wrath of God and continued to thrive and live past their transgression. That's the news story from the first story, okay? In a related story, uh, these same folks were later gifted by God and given two children to raise in their new location. Both were healthy young men, it's reported, and both had grown up into fine citizens who worked regular jobs uh, and contributed to their small society. And it was a small society. There were four people, right? Uh, not a big town, okay? The oldest of the two children was a successful farmer, while the younger had grown to become a shepherd. He tended sheep. That was his job. Uh, that is really where the good news portion of this story takes a sharp downhill turn. One day, Cain, the older of the two, brought an offering to God from the fruit of the ground that he had worked. Remember, he was a farmer, right? Uh, and Abel, the younger child, also brought an offering to God. And the farm report says that Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Now, we know as created human beings... Um, we know as, as beings created in the image of God that we are to give him our very best of all that we have to offer. That's what we're to do. We're to give God the very best of all we have to offer. And this wasn't the case for Cain. God accepted the offering from Abel, but did not respect the offering from Cain, is what Scripture says. And witnesses, God himself, said that this angered Cain, and then that Cain lured his younger brother out into a field and murdered him. So at this point in time, uh, things are not good. One quarter of the world's population are murderers. One quarter of them is a victim of murder. So now there's only three people, right? That's not good news. That's horrible news. Uh, the world seems to be going to pot not shortly after man and woman began being on the earth, okay? Um, but even despite that, um, as in the first story that we reported, we can see God's grace and mercy extended to the offender in that uh, even though God gave Cain consequences to his actions, God allowed him to live out the rest of his life wandering the earth, right? But he was still alive, okay? 
Bad news, good news. Our next story comes around, the best we can figure, about 1,600 years after these reports. And yes, it is a good news, bad news, good news, bad news report. There are two good newses and two bad newses. So we'll go live to the scene. The official report is found in Genesis chapter 6. So if you would, turn your Bible on or open it up to Genesis chapter 6. And I ask you just to bear with me. So this, the story of the flood and Noah is actually three chapters. It's a, it's a big story. It's a long story, right? I'm not going to read all of three chapters. Um, but uh, there is a lot of scripture that we're going to share here. So bear with me. In chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 1. And then I'm going to go down to verse 5 and read several verses. So Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And I'm reading from the ESV. It says, when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them. And I'll stop right there real quickly. So we see population is growing. The town is growing quite a bit, right? And then in verse 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens for I'm sorry that I've made them but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord these are the generations of Noah Noah was a righteous man blameless in his generation Noah walked with God and Noah had three sons Shem Ham and Japheth Japheth now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence and God saw the earth and behold it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted, corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth, earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds according to their kinds and of the animals according to their kinds. Of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every sort shall come in to you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. And finally in verse 22, Noah did this. He did all that God had commanded him. He did all that God had commanded him. Uh, and so that's the that's this official report. That's the start of the official report. The bad news good story picks up in chapter 7 when reporters say that the flood promised uh, by God actually came. As a result of this, our news agency uh, created and started the first weather report because it had never rained before. So now all of a sudden we have a meteorological department uh, as part of our broadcast because for the first time in history it rains, okay? It rained, and man, did it rain. 
in chapter 7, starting in verse 11, it says this. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast according to its kind, and all the livestock according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The flood continued forty days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed and the mountains covering them fifteen cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. And then 23 and 24. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and the birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. And the, the, the report continues in chapter 8. Like I said, it is a long report. It's a long story in Scripture. When it says, starting in verse uh, 13 of chapter 8, it says this, In the 601st year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, the waters were dried off from the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. And finally, it ends uh, in chapter 8, uh, verse 20, to chapter 9, verse 1, says this. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took some of every clean animal, and some of every clean bird, and, burnt, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And then finally in chapter 9, verse 1, it says this, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. So, there's the news report. There's a report from the field. Now, I want to say this. From my days as being a police officer, a law enforcement officer, uh, starting uh, about this time in 1988, a long, long time ago, and I was one of the fortunate guys. I was hired 
uh, by the city to be a police officer, and a week later I went to the academy. So I didn't have time to learn any good habits or bad habits. I went and was trained by the professionals down at Eastern, uh, on the campus of Eastern there at the Justice Cabinet. And the very first thing, the thing that I really remembered most uh, from my time at the police academy is the very first question that a law enforcement officer would have to ask himself whenever you're responding to something or if you're even just on patrol is, when you find yourself in a situation, the first question to ask is, do I have the legal right to be here? Right? That makes sense. Do, can I legally be where I'm at? And then the fine folks, uh, the attorneys down there at the Justice Cabinet, taught us uh, to ask these five questions. So whatever type of incident you were investigating, whether it was an accident or a crime or whatever was going on, uh, you would want to ask yourself these five questions. Who, what, why, when, and where? That's not just in law enforcement. That's a good general rule to ask for anything if you're investigating or if you're a news reporter doing a news report. Who, what? Why, when, and where? Answer the question, these questions properly will give you an accurate report of the events, of what happened. Who, what, why, when, and where? So, we're going to do that. Our first question we ask is who? Now, in this report, in this story from Scripture, we have three names or groups of folks who are mentioned in this section. We have God the Creator the creator and the sustainer of the entire world. God created it all, and ever since creation, he has sustained it all, up until even today, right? So we have God, the creator and sustainer, and then we have a man named Noah, and then we have everybody else. That's your three groups in the story. That's easy to answer. Our second question is what? What happened? What happened is that the earth was destroyed by God with water. That was in chapter 7, specifically 19 through 23. And this will all kind of tie together later on in the report, okay? But who was involved and what happened? God destroyed the earth with a flood, just like he said he would. Our third question is why? Now, this demands more attention than our first two questions. In chapter 6, verse 1 that we read, we see that the population on earth was growing a lot, okay? They were being fruitful and multiplying. And then in verses 5 with 7, we really have the reason why this happened. So I want to read them again real quick. Chapter 6, verses 5, 6, and 7. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every, every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created, from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. So we really have the why there. The wickedness of man was great continually. The wickedness of man was great continually. But we're gonna, we, we need to really stop right here and step outside of this report uh, for a minute to note something that it says in verse 6. In verse 6, it says that God regretted that he had made man. And some versions say, and your version may say, that he was sorry that he had made man. And yes, it does mean to be sorry, okay? But more directly and appropriately, the way it's used here, it means to be moved to pity or to have compassion on others or to have compassion for others. In other words, uh, so the word actually used is nakem. I believe I'm pronouncing it, pronouncing it right. And it does mean to be sorry, but more directly it means to be moved to pity or have compassion on or for others. God was not caught off guard here. 
It's not as if God was surprised by what was going on, okay? He knew all along this day was coming, and his hand wasn't being forced here uh, by man's actions. That's not what's going on. So when it says God was sorry, it's not in the way that we would think um, that, I mean, I'm sorry for what I did. God was sorry, and it did grieve his heart. But what, what it more directly means, it moved him to compassion or pity for those because not only was God not caught off guard, but God knew what he was going to do and what he did, okay? He knew what he was going to do. He didn't have to come up with a new plan. And I really like the way R.C. Sproul explained it. It's as if, and you parents can really relate to this, um, if you have to, your child does something wrong, and you have to punish your child, and you truly punish your child, you're sorry you had to do that. You hate that it came to that, that I had to actually punish my child. But would I do it again? Absolutely. I would do it again. That's the kind of sorry we're talking about. He didn't have to come up with a new plan. He knew this, uh, and he had compassion on his creation out of his great holy love for them, even in their open rebellion against him. Now, that sounds a whole lot like the world we live in today. Watch the news, and you'll see it. You'll hear it, right? Sounds a whole lot like the world we live in today, and it also sounds a whole lot like the compassion uh, and the love that God has on you and I, even today. God has demonstrated his compassion and his great love for you and me this morning. It's the same word that describes when Jesus had compassion on the great crowds in the book of Matthew. So for the question of why, why did this happen? Because of how great man's rebellion against him had become. That's why God destroyed the earth with water. Our fourth question is when. And chapter 11, verses 7 and 12 clearly tells us that when Noah was 600 years old, on the second month, on the 17th day, that, the fountains, that the, uh, the fountains of the great deep burst forth. The windows of heaven were opened up, and it rained for 40 days and night. When all the, the world was flooded, all the earth was flooded, verse 24 tells us that the waters prevailed for 150 days. So the when did this happen is crystal clear to us. That's when it happened, okay? God lays it out for us. Our last question is where? And that's even clearer than the question we just asked. Where did this happen? Where did this event occur? Just like God had told Noah, over the whole entire earth. There's nowhere that wasn't covered. This event occurred over the entire earth, uh, just like God had told Noah. That's chapter 7, verse 20. Now, that covers our story. That's the report. That covers the story of the flood. But we really neglected, or I really neglected, the who of this story. In this scripture, in this story from God's Word, just like in the first two stories that Pastor Chuck shared with us the last couple of weeks uh, that we covered, the main character, the main person, the focus of this story is God. It's not Noah. It's not his sons or his wife or their wives or the animals. The main story of all of scripture is God. It is God. He is the main character. In the beginning, God created, right? And ever since creation, God has sustained everything that exists. And just like the stories of Adam and Eve and of their boys Cain and Abel, despite open rebellion against God, um, and then through the consequences that come from their actions, we see God's grace and mercy extended. We see that. That is why it says in one of my favorite scriptures in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, and I think we do have that, yes. Uh, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. 
His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Man, what great scripture. And how true is it? His love never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. He had mercy on you and I this morning. Noah, it says, found favor with God. Now, it's not that Noah was necessarily better than anybody else, uh, but we do know from this scripture that Noah trusted God. We do know that about Noah. Noah trusted God. In Hebrews chapter 11, and Hebrews chapter 11, if you don't know, we consider that or we call that the Hall of Fame of Faith or the Hall of Faith chapter by all of the folks that it names uh, by name from the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, in chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. In the story, in the news story that we've just heard, nobody else in this story fell into that category. Only Noah. He was the only one that fell in that category. So what we need to do is stop right here and ask ourselves this question. If this story, if this news event, if you will, were today, what about me? What about Tim? What about you? Where would you fall in this story? Where would you and I fall in this story? Would, we find, would God find favor with me? Do I, do you, trust and walk in the trust of God Almighty? Or do, or have, or will I, would I, obey God when He tells me to do something uh, for Him, even when what He's asking me to do really makes no sense? And let's be honest, what He asked Noah to do made no sense. It had never rained. How's it going to flood? It really didn't make sense. But what, what Noah did was trusted and obeyed and acted on that trust. What about me and you? Would we do that? If God asked you to do something that really doesn't make any sense, what would you do? What would I do? It had never rained. Do you and I actually have reverent fear and trust in God? In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is teaching... Uh, about the signs of the end of the age. And I want you to flip over to that. If you would go to Matthew chapter 24, real quick, and we'll finish up. Matthew chapter 24. And like I said, Jesus is teaching uh, about the signs of the end of the age, the time when the world as we know it will come to an end, just as sure as it did in Noah's day. God said he would destroy the world. He told Noah that, right? And he did it. And I'll stop right there and say that archaeologists and folks a whole lot smarter than me uh, are discovering each day, or at least like every month or so, you hear something that comes out, and the smart people of the world are discovering that, you know what, there was a great flood. At some point in time, the earth is giving evidence that there was, in fact, a great flood. That should not surprise me and you. God said it would happen. And just as sure as he said it would happen, he told Noah, and it did happen, he'll do it again. God will destroy the world again. Only this time, God will not destroy it with water, but by fire. And Christ, in his teaching here in Matthew chapter 24, re reminds the folks on the Mount of Olives, and that's where he was at, and us today who are still living, he reminds us that he will come again. And Jesus even names Noah as a reminder of this, okay? Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to start in verse 36, says this, But concerning that day and hour... No one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, 
so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Finally, in verse 44, Therefore you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you, not, you do not expect. So for us, for you and I, where would we fall in this report? Trust God at His Word. It's easy to say. It can be hard to do, right? Trust God at His Word. He will come again. The world does not believe that. But if God says it, mark it down. It's going to happen. He will come again. May you and I be found faithful. Trust God like Noah and be obedient to God's direction in your life, even if it doesn't make sense. Now, I want to say this. The ark that saved Noah and his family is actually a great picture for us of Jesus Christ. The ark is a great picture for us of Jesus Christ because the ark was the only possible means of salvation for them. There was no other way to be saved. The earth was destroyed, was completely covered, 15 cubits above the highest peak with water. The only possible means of salvation for them was the ark. And we, me and you today, all of mankind, no matter who we are, can only find our salvation in faith in Christ Jesus of Nazareth. Not because Tim says so, but because God himself says so. And his work on the cross of Calvary. The ark was the only way that Noah and his family could be saved. The only way mankind can be saved is through faith in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says it this way, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other way. Our ark has a name, and it's Jesus Christ. Now, the truth is, your flood could come today because just like Noah, you know, it had never rained. It says events unseen. We don't know what's going to happen 15 minutes from now. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next week. We think we know. We have plans. We don't know what the next hour holds, events unseen. So, find favor with God. Be found like Noah with favor. Find favor with God today before it is everlasting too late. And I want to say this, if you're in this room or if you can hear me on social media um, and you're not saved, you've not been redeemed by God, you've not been reconciled, to God, the Bible says today is the favorable day of salvation because you don't know what the future holds. 
We don't have the promise of tomorrow. The only ark available to you and I is Jesus Christ and placing faith and trust in Him at His Word and what He did for us. I beg you, be reconciled to God today. If you're in this room and you're a believer, a lot of times God asks us to do stuff that really don't make no sense. I, um, in high school, when I was asked in the classes that they had to publicly speak, I didn't go to school that day. I skipped school. In college, I didn't go to class that day. The public speaking class that they had you take, I avoided it. Uh, and then God laid on my heart to be a youth pastor and speak publicly in front of a lot of people. God has a sense of humor, and God will ask you to do things that make no sense to you. Obey God. Trust in God. The reward is great. On the flip side of that news story, the bad news is the worst news ever. If you don't get aboard that ark called Jesus Christ, and your flood comes, you're eternally separated from God. There is no story coming later on. That's our one shot. I beg you today, be reconciled to God. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for your word and for the awesome privilege that you've given me, to Lord, to stand up here and share. Lord, I thank you for what you have done and what you will do in hearts, including mine. Lord, help us, uh, Lord, to recognize that the floods of life come when we least expect it, when we're unaware, just like the folks from Scripture, when we're unaware. Lord, may we be found faithful. May we be found watchful. May you find favor with us this day. And Lord, I pray that there's someone in this room that has not placed their faith and their trust in you and what you did and the price you paid for them. Lord, that you've been speaking to their heart, maybe over the last several months, maybe over the last few days, and maybe over the last hour, that you've been speaking to, heart, to their heart that they need saved just as much as anybody else. Lord, that today would be the day of salvation for them. Pierce their heart. Help them to recognize that they are sinners and they need a Savior. They need to get aboard the ark. The only means of salvation in His name is Jesus. That today would be the day. Lord, thank you for the privilege you've given me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, church, stand up.
Thank you. You can be seated. Have the ushers come forward today, thanking God for absolutely everything he's done for us and how he has blessed us beyond our imagination. Thanking God. Um, somebody's got our offering plates. They're brand new too, people. Over there they are. No, that's not them. Start looking underneath the tables. All right, cheerleaders, where are they? <laughs> there they are. They hit them well this time, but we found them. Ah, uh, thank God. Amen. If not, we're going to have to find out who had hats on. You know, we'd pass the hat. Let's pray and ask God's blessing over this prayer. Lord God, we love you and we thank you for the day that you've given us. Lord, thank you for your ark that you sent in your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we couldn't have got on it. We wouldn't even known to get in it, Lord. But Lord, you, you revealed it to us that you are our Lord and Savior. Lord, I don't want anybody here today to leave without knowing you as their Savior. Lord, we ask you to take this offering. Lord, may we use it to be able to spread your gospel throughout this whole entire world. In Jesus' precious name we do pray. Amen. <laughs> 